This morning we're going to start a brand new series. It's going to be our series that is going to kind of take us into uh, or through our fasting time. Well, actually it's a four-week series, so we'll start this week and we'll go to the end of our fast. The end of our fast is the 27th of January, so we'll, we'll finish this series up on the 28th. And um, I'm excited to share this with you. I always look forward to this this series and this this time, because as the 21 days are going on, it can it can kind of be exciting and hard, but at the same time, very very fulfilling. And the title of our series this week or, or this month is is basically "You're Invited." You're invited. I remember when I was a child, one of the things that I look forward to every single year was getting a specific invitation. When I was growing up in elementary school, I had my, my best friend was a guy named Rob Irwin, and he was awesome. He had red hair and freckles, and man, he was my best friend, and we would hang out all the time, and I'd go over his house, spend the night, and do all those fun things growing up. But his birthday was in March, and every year in March, his birthday was a sleepover, and he would invite me and maybe four or five other guys, and we'd stay up all night long. We'd eat pizza and play Super Tecmo Bowl on the Nintendo, and if it was warm enough, we'd go outside. Even if it was cold enough, it didn't matter. We'd go outside and play football and basketball and just have an amazing time, and I look forward to it every single year, and I remember as a kid because you didn't get a lot of mail as a kid, you know? But I remember as a kid, as his birthday was getting closer, it was about mid-March every year, so about February, into February, I would start wanting to go check the mail. Because maybe today, there would be an invitation in it. Maybe today. I, you know, and I would go up and you open the mail, you know, you pull out the stuff, you occupant, occupant. Randall and Catherine Nash, Bill, okay. And, and, and you'd be so disappointed when there wasn't something there. But then one glorious day, you'd open it up, you know. And this was back, you know, you know when you had, I don't know what kind of mailbox you have now. You know, most people now have the box with the key, you know. But back then, you know, you had the old time, you know, you know just box, you know what I mean? And you look in there and I pull it out and there it was. Aaron Nash, 717 Southeast Claremont, Lee Summit, Missouri, 64063. Yes, I still have it memorized. And I'd open it up, and it would say something. It always said something like this on the front. You're invited. You're invited. I used to get so excited. I was invited. And this, I'll be honest, okay, I know we live in a different world now. This was not the world of you invited everybody in your class. This was special. And I got invited. I was going to the party. I was so excited, and I would look, when's the date? When's the Friday night? When's all this sort of stuff? I'd run into the house. Mom, I got invited. Dad, I got invited. Rob's party's this night. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to Rob's party. And because my parents wanted to get rid of me, they were more than happy to oblige. Over the next several weeks, we're going to look at some, some invitations that God gives us and God gives you in an Old Testament book by a prophet named Isaiah. And Isaiah, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, begins to extend to you and to me some invitations from God. 
And here's the deal, like, like, look, it was exciting for me to get an invitation to Rob's party. But listen, there's something so much greater about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of all the universe extending invitations to you and I. And what's funny is at times we'll get these invitations from the Lord and kind of look at them almost as a problem or almost, oh, there's another thing on the calendar. Listen, if you're getting invitations from God and your response is there's too much on the calendar, you need to rearrange your calendar and get some things figured out that maybe you need to rearrange some stuff. But over the next four weeks, we're going to be, our main verses are going to be in Isaiah 55. So if you have your Bible or if you have your phone, whatever you use, it'll also be on the screen. We're going to look at Isaiah 55 every week. And read it together, but we're going to look at this this morning and look at the invitation that God gives us this morning. So Isaiah 55, starting with verse number 1, this is what it says. Come, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we do thank you so much for this day and this time. And Father, as we now continue to move into the word, God, we pray that the Holy Spirit would just open our hearts, open our minds to what you desire to share. And that, Father, that my words would cease and that yours would begin because, God, we need your words. We don't need mine. We don't need another person's. We need you. And so, God, we ask that in this moment and in this time, your words would be what flows because your words change our hearts and our lives and that's what we need. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Every week for the next four weeks, we are going to focus in on one word that we find from Isaiah 55, one through three. We're gonna look at the invitation that is extended to you and to me and break it down and look at it so that we understand a little bit deeper what God is speaking to us through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 55. And here's the deal this week as we look at it, maybe you guessed it because if you saw it several times as I read the scripture, but what we're going to be looking at this morning is the fact that you are invited by God to come. You're invited by God to come. Now here's the deal, like we hear that word and it's a very simple word. It's a word we use all the time, you know, we'll say things like please come here or will you come over or all these things. And in scripture, God uses that word a lot. He uses that as an invitation to come. It's a one word thing. We're going to find a little bit more in a minute. But here's the deal, when you hear that word come, what God is inviting you and me into is an invitation into God's presence a connection with him relationally. 
It's not a situation where God is basically saying, listen, I want you to stay there, I'll stay here, and we'll kind of hang out and and have this uh, God-son-daughter relationship. It's something that he invites us to come close to him and to experience him as, as in, in a relational type of situation. God has invited you and me not to be distant from him, but to come close to him and to experience him in a way that we know him, not just know him as something or an object or oh, way over there, but know him in an intimate, personal way. I love the fact that Jesus comes and he has this ministry for three years and he calls these people, we'll see this in a minute, he calls these people close to him to live with him, to experience life with him. Jesus, listen, Jesus didn't need disciples. Jesus could have come, he could have taught, he could have lived a sinless life, he could have died, he could have rose again and then appeared to people and said, hey, listen, you remember me? I'm the guy you killed. Here I am. Maybe you should go and make disciples. But for three years, Jesus pours into these individuals. He shares his life with them. It's it's something about who God is. Because remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There is a desire for God to call you close to himself. And listen, that makes sense that I would want to be close to God. But it's a little mind-blowing that God wants to be close to me. But yet, this is what God is saying. God is saying, come. God invites us to come. And here's the deal. We need to understand some things about this. Because if we don't understand the idea of come, we're going to miss so many other things about who we are in Christ and identity and just all the things that sometimes the enemy loves to attack us on when we forget that God has invited us to come close to him. When God invites us to come, it means a couple things. I put four here, there's more. But four here. It means you're welcome. You're welcome, okay? Not like thank you, you're welcome, but it means you're welcome to come close to God. God has invited you in. Like like when you're invited someplace, what does that mean? It means we want you there. Like, I want you to be close. I want you to experience this this time in my life. Listen, next week we're going to have a party to celebrate the birth of a child that's coming. We want you there. We want you to help us be a part of that. You're welcome to be there. It's important. But it doesn't just mean that you're welcome. It means that you're wanted. Do you get that? God wants you. Okay, I'm glad you're seated. Because I know if you were standing, you may have fallen over. I didn't because I already knew what I was going to say. You're wanted by God. Okay, now let's, let's, let's stop for a second. Let's remember something about God. He knows everything. All those deep, dark secrets that nobody else knows about, he does. I don't tell you that to scare you. I don't tell you that to go, oh. I tell you that that even though he knows all those things, not only what you've done, but what you will do, he still invited you. There's so many of us who say, God doesn't really want me. God only wants the good people. Well, guess what? 
There ain't none of us that are good people. But he wants us anyway. And I found it over and over and over in 25 plus years of ministry that I've heard God doesn't want me. Listen, hear me. That is a lie from the pit of hell. From the pit of hell. You're wanted. He's invited you. Listen, you don't invite people you don't want there. Okay, God doesn't... Listen, we do, don't we? Well, I don't really want them there, but I feel like I have to invite them because if I don't invite them, they're going to get upset and blah, 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 blah. Listen, God doesn't work that way. God doesn't work out of guilt and shame. God invite, God didn't have to invite you. But he said, come. I want you there. It means that you're seen. God knows where you're at. Because here's the deal. How did Rob get me an invitation? He knew where I lived. He knew my address. No matter where you are in life, no matter where you are on your journey, God knows your address. He knows where you are. And sometimes we have that fight, you know, or that thought. You know, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't like where I am, or God doesn't know where I am, or, or I'm forgotten by God. No, 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 you've been invited. He knows where you are. You're seen by him. Again, one last, there's plenty here that we talk about. It means you belong. It means you belong. When God has invited you in, it means that you belong. When he says, come, come be with me. Come experience me. Come know me. It means you belong there. You belong there. Remember all the way back when God kept saying, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. You know what made it so good? The fact that God and us didn't have any separation. There was no sin. There was Adam and Eve walking with God on the cool of the morning. There was an intimacy there. There was a relationship there. There was a connection there. And guess what broke it? Sin did. And when sin broke it, guess what we see? We see not only a separation in so many areas, but we see Adam and Eve running away from God. And now there's a separation. But what does God do? He doesn't, knowing what happened, knowing what's taken place, he goes and finds them. Because even in their sin, God is saying, I still want you to come. I still want you to come. I've always loved this verse. I remember as a child in the church I grew up with, back when churches had, remember the big banner things that churches used to have? And they were really... um, um, Beautiful. (laughs) Kind of gold and purple and large. I I, I remember my church had this verse. And it's always stuck with me. It's James 4, 8, the first part. And it says, come close to God and God will come close to you. It's a promise. God has not only invited you to come... But when you do, he'll come even closer. He will be there. He desires you. You're welcome. You're wanted. You're seen. You belong by him. You belong to him. And and you belong in that situation. And he has invited us 
to come. And here's the deal. It didn't stop with the Old Testament. Look what happens in Matthew 4. This is a portion of Scripture many of us know, but look here at the words that Jesus uses. Matthew 4, starting with verse 18. We'll go to 22. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come. Follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in their boats with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come to. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. You see, here's the deal. Thousands of years before Jesus came, back in the prophet Isaiah, God speaks through him and God invites you and me to come to him. And now here is Jesus. Here is the man that Isaiah prophesied about so much. And now he's beginning his ministry. And how does he really begin to do, to do some of these things? He goes to a couple of brothers who are fishermen and he invites them to come. To come. I want you to come. Jesus is still expressing, he is still extending that invitation to you and to me today. Will you come? Will you come? And you know what, listen, we're going to talk about this, you know, maybe you accepted that invitation to come a long time ago. Maybe you accepted Jesus and you said, yes, Lord, I will come. I will follow. But I don't know about you, but I'm just going to be honest about sometimes my life. Sometimes I haven't come as close as I need to. One of the reasons why we do a 21-day fast when we do it is obviously it's the beginning of the year and all those sort of things. But I don't know about you, but it's crazy to say this, but you would think during the Christmas season it would be a perfect time for me to come. We sing... So many, oh, come, all ye faithful. But you know what I find? Because of sometimes all the busyness and all the craziness, I don't always come as well as I should. And a 21-day fast at the beginning of the year helps me to kind of focus again and begin to come, to come. But here's the thing. We need to look at this a little bit deeper because in Isaiah, we see something that sometimes maybe we miss that we need to understand. Because in Isaiah, we see something very specific. We specifically see who is invited to come. It's not just anybody, quote unquote. I'll show you in a minute it is. But, you know, it's, it's who's being invited. Who does God say, come, come, come? Well, let's look. Isaiah 55, the first, point, uh, first part of verse number one. It says, come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. So in this, we see that God is inviting a certain group of individuals. He's inviting thirsty people to come. He says, not some of you who are thirsty. He says, all of you who are thirsty. So I have a question for you that you need to ask yourself. What are you thirsty for? Now, I want you to notice something. I could have very easily put here, are you thirsty, question mark. But I didn't. And there's a very simple reason why. 
Because that would have been a very silly, redundant question. Because here's what the thing is. All of us are thirsty. We're all thirsty. The question becomes, what are we thirsty for? So in this idea where in some ways it looks like God is specifically calling a subset of people, He's actually calling all of humanity to Himself. All the good people, all the bad people, and everybody quote-unquote in between. Because all of us are thirsty for something. Some of you may be thirsty for companionship. Maybe you're very lonely. You're thirsty for some companionship. You're, you're thirsty for family. Or maybe you're thirsty for, for acceptance. Maybe you're thirsty for, for, for kind of maybe even some of the things that we saw up before. Like you're thirsty to be seen. To be, to be understood. You're thirsty to be wanted. There is a thirst that is in all of us. And listen, it is not a birth defect. It is not something that is wrong with you. It is something that has been placed in you to help you understand your great need for a thirst quencher. And in a minute, we're going to talk about some of the things that we do wrong with that. But here's the thing you need to understand. You need to let this sink so deep in your heart that it never leaves. And it's simply this. No matter what we are thirsty for, God has an answer for every thirst of humanity. Every single one. There has never been a thirst that God has not had an answer for. There has never been a thirst that God cannot deal with and minister to. The problem becomes for some of us, we don't want to acknowledge that thirst or we want to handle it in different ways. But we have to realize that in our hearts, we're all thirsty people. We're all people who need something to drink. We're all people that can get dried out so quickly and so easily. And we need to be refreshed. And we need to have something to drink. And so in this invitation in Isaiah 55, basically God calls out, if you're thirsty, come. It's all of us. So once we realize that, once we understand that we are a thirsty people, we typically do some things when we acknowledge that. When we acknowledge that we're thirsty, we typically do a couple of things. Number one, we can ignore it. That's what a lot of us do. We ignore it. We, it'll go away. It'll be fine. We'll talk it away. We, we worry about other things. And we just kind of think, oh, it'll go away. Now, here's the deal. Let me help you out with this. We're going to use the, the, the understanding of physical thirst and physical dehydration to understand this idea of spiritual ones, okay? Listen, if you stop drinking water for long enough times, you're not going to be able to talk it away. No, I'm fine. No, you're not. I don't need water. Yes, you do. <laughs> your body, listen, your body will begin to literally shut down if you deprive it of what it needs. It will shut down, and eventually it will shut down for good. 
Okay? How many of you grew up watching old cartoons when Bugs Bunny was in the middle of a desert? And he didn't have anything to drink, and he was trying to get to the mirage, and he was... You know, here's the thing. That's a cartoon. Bugs Bunny survives. You don't. You go into the desert without water, you die. Spiritually speaking, it's the same thing. You can't talk it away. You can't positive think it away. You are thirsty. And listen, the longer you ignore it, listen, hear me here. The longer you ignore it, the closer to death you will become. You can't ignore it. So many of us try to ignore it. And here's the deal. Usually after we try to ignore it and ignore it and ignore it, we finally realize i got to do something, and we try to satisfy it with the wrong things. We try to satisfy it with things that were never meant to quench our thirst. Go back to Bugs Bunny. Yeah, I bet nobody thought I'd be talking about Bugs Bunny this morning. Okay? You remember, what, remember those old cartoons and how thirsty he was? And so he'd think, you know, the mirage, and he'd go to the mirage, and he'd grab himself just, uh, oh, and he'd start, throw, and, and of course in the cartoon it looked like he was just dumping water in his mouth, and then he realized what he was actually putting in his mouth, and then he started coughing, and it was sand. Listen, so many of us, we have realized we're in a desert. We've realized that we're thirsty. We've realized that we need some water. And we're going to some mirages and we're throwing dirt in our mouth. Because it, that's not what we need. Listen, and there's lots of things that we try to satisfy our life with. There's lots of things that we think, you know, this is, a, this is a good cause or this is a good thing. And listen, I'm not disagreeing. There's great things that you could be involved in and care about. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to satisfy because it's not the water. You know, and here's the thing that, that kind of gets us. It may satisfy for a time, but it doesn't last. It may satisfy you for a bit. And here's what I found in a lot of people's lives. They literally, literally, think about it. They spend their life jumping from one substitute to the next. You know somebody like that? It's like, well, I'm going to do this now. You know, like somebody that's maybe got a bunch of hobbies you know, it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride my bike, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that. And it's just one after another, after another, after another, after another. And we kind of look at it and go, oh, well, they're, they're just, they like lots of different things. And maybe they do. But you know what sometimes it is? It's, it's, there's a satisfaction there that lasts for a bit, and then it goes away. And then they have to search out the next thing. The next thing. So we can ignore it. We can try to satisfy it with the wrong things. And listen, both of those can be very detrimental to our spiritual walk. I, I know this. I know this personally. They can be very detrimental. So we can ignore it. We can look at the wrong things. Or we can come to the waters. We can come to the waters. One of the great things about what God does in verse 1 of, of, of Isaiah 55 is he says, come all you are thirsty and doesn't put a period at the end. He actually tells you where to go. I love that. 
I love it. Where do we go? If you're thirsty, we're all thirsty. Where do we go? We come to the waters. You say, Aaron, what, 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 is that, that's kind of pretty and kind of, what do you mean? What, who, what is the waters? What, what is that? What, 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 how do I do that? What does that look like? Look at John 7. In John 7, 37 through 38, this is what is said. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. You come to the waters when you come to the water of life. And his name is Jesus. You see, what we're being invited into is more than a party. It's more than a ticket to not go to hell. It's a relationship with a God who loves you, who can satisfy every need, every answer, and do anything that you need in your heart. He can heal it. He can work it. He can give you a, a, quench your thirst in ways that we could never dream of. And here's what I've learned. You know all those things that are kind of secondary that you've tried to let satisfy you, when you go to Jesus and you allow him to satisfy you, when you allow that water to satisfy you, all those other secondary things become so much better and so much sweeter and so much more incredible in your life because at this point you got your life in the proper perspective, in the proper order. Listen, I'll tell you right now, if I looked at you and I said, I'm going to ask you to run 10 miles right after service. Some of you would leave before service was over. And I don't blame you. But then I said, I want you to run 10 miles, but I don't want you to drink anything on those 10 miles. Good luck. I love you. Some of you are going to be passed out on the side of the road. Some of us want to run the 10 miles without the water. When Jesus says, listen, I've called you to run 10 miles. Follow me here. To do it and to do it in a way that doesn't kill you, let me sustain you. Let me be the water that you drink that gives you strength, that gives you hope, that gives you peace, that gets you through all of those things. And here's the deal. There is a water that Jesus gives that is not just a, a passing thing. He invites us to come. Listen, this is important. Not so that we're temporarily satisfied, but that we can be transformed through relationship. Do you get that? When he invites you to come, it's not a temporary thing. It's not those things that kind of start and you know, oh, it's okay for a while, then we have to jump. It's something that can be transformative because it's something that lasts. It's something that changes you and me. I always have loved the story in John chapter 4 when Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well. I mean... Listen, I don't know if I ever will because it's such a well-known story, but you know, I could do a whole eight-week series on, on those verses. I mean, there is so much there. 
But I love what Jesus says to her. Remember the story? The woman has gone to the well to get water. And Jesus, listen, Jesus didn't have to go that way. But he specifically kind of reroutes things. So he's at the well when the woman's there. And so you've got to understand the context. She's there. There's water. She's there to get it. And basically Jesus begins a, a conversation with her. And look what Jesus says to her in verse 13 through 14. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water, referring to the water from the well, will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Now, Here's the thing. You say, wait a minute. I, I've, I've, I've drank of that water. I, I accepted Jesus, and, and so I drank of that water. Yes, you, that's awesome. And God is so good that he says, come get some more. Come get some more. Because I, I don't know about you, that there are times in my life where even as a believer, I can get a little dried out. I can get a little, I need that refreshing of the Holy Spirit. I need that refreshing to once again come back to the water. Listen, our, 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 our opportunity as a Christian is not to see how close to dehydration we can get. Listen, see this thing? What's in here? It's water, by the way, okay? Water. I knew where all you went. No, water. Why do I have this? Well, because it's dry up here and sometimes I need a drink. I get dry just like everybody else does. So what do I do? I keep my water with me. When I come to work, guess what I have? And you say, Aaron, there's a water fountain right out there. Mm -hmm. Yep. There is. But this... This is purified water. Yes, my wife has turned me into a water snob. You know what's sad? I don't know if you saw this. And listen, I don't get it. I'm a dinosaur. I'm never going to get it. But have you seen this stuff on, on, online recently? There is a mug. Some of you know what I'm talking about. A Stanley cup thing. Now, what's funny about this, this Stanley thing that I've seen, you know, like when I think of a Stanley, I'm thinking of like, like 1960s lunchbox. Like I'm not thinking of like girly girl walking around with this mug, you know. Like when I think of Stanley, that's what I think of. And all of a sudden, I don't know where this happened. I know some of you are younger and understand this stuff. And if you do, God bless you. But I, and basically, I guess there's some new colors or something that's come out. Yeah. New color, pink and red, Valentine. Some of you, oh, you're feeling convicted right now. Uh, <laughs> pink and red. And people are hurting each other to go to Target to find one of these things. And guess what? I think they cost like $40, which, which is a lot of money for a, a cup. But here's the deal. Not only that, but you can buy one. You don't even have to go to Target. 
you can go to eBay and for a mere $250, buy your cup. And you can have it and show everybody how cool you are. Look, I have my cup. And it isn't it just like broken humanity, which all of us are, that we're more worried about the cup than the water that's in it. Because here's the deal. I could buy you one of those cups. I could buy you one of those cups. And I could go and I could take it. And I could go out to the nastiest, most polluted lake on this planet. And I could fill it up. And I could put the top on. And I could hand it to you. And you would have, congratulations, in your cup you have toxic waste. And if you drink it, it'll kill you. But we'll fight to make sure that everybody sees our cup. Look how perfect my cup is. Look how cool I am with my cup. And neglect the water that we need. Listen, you don't need a cup. You need Jesus. And listen to me, hear my heart on this because I think we all deal with this in one way or another. It may not be a cup, okay? So, you, you know, so everybody, you know, it's like sitting there going, oh, I shouldn't want this cup. No, I'm not saying that. Because I think there's all, we, we all have Stanley cups in our lives. And sometimes through the Holy Spirit, we need to realize it's not so much about the cup, it's about the water in it. And that water is Jesus. Because that cup, listen to me, hear me here, they're going to do something horrible to you. I'm telling you right now, mark it down. You call me a prophet. I'm not, but mark it down. Guess what's going to happen in March? They're going to come out with a new color. Fourth of July, around oh, red, white, and blue cup. You got to get the red, white, and blue cup. Listen, there are people in this world who, spiritually speaking, have every color of Stanley Cup. And they've neglected the water and they're dying first. When Jesus has said, come, stop worrying about the cup. You say, God, I, I would come, I would come, but, but how, my cup is so dirty. I, I'm not one of those Stanley cups. I'm not, I'm not a Yeti cup. I'm not, I'm not even one of those Walmart cups. I, I'm a dirty old Dixie cup. God, you wouldn't want to pour your water into me. And God says, come. I know you're thirsty. I know you've tried to put all these different things in your cup and you've been worried about things that just don't matter. Well, you just come. You see, the woman at the well was a woman who tried to give every excuse why her cup was so dirty. Why she wasn't worthy to be invited by God to experience the water of life. And Jesus looked at her and said, I got you. I got you. You see, we're going to talk about it later, but here's the thing. You need to understand about the water, and we read it. We read it in Isaiah 55. It's free. The water's free. You don't need any money. You don't need to have a perfect life. You don't need to live a certain way. You just need to come and let him cleanse you with that water and refresh you with his water. Listen, it doesn't matter how ugly or disgusting of a Dixie cup you think you are. God will take you in. 
And He'll transform you through relationship with Him. You see, some of us, we want the transformation, but we don't want the relationship. When God says, I have something so much better. Yeah, God could transform you in a moment. And God in His infinite knowledge and infinite wisdom and and infinite love says, I want to transform you as you come near to me. As you allow that to happen. Because here's the deal. Look what, remember what Jesus said. He said, when you come and you drink that water, there'll be a fresh, bubbling spring within you. We see the same thing in John 7 when Jesus invites thirsty people to come. You see, here's the deal. When you get the right type of water, it doesn't just stay in. It'll bubble out. And so this invitation to come is so important because it doesn't just affect you. It can affect so many people around you. Let's close. In Scripture, in so many times and in so many ways, we see an invitation being given to you and to me. In fact, it's interesting because in a lot of ways, at the very end, the last book of the Bible, we see an invitation again. Look what it says in Revelation 3.20. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Here I am. I love that. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Anyone. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come. You see, this invitation that God has given you and me is is an interesting one. It's it's initiated by God. But here's the thing that God is and and that I think is so interesting that, that sometimes we miss. When we send out an invitation today, like if I said, okay, Em and I are going to have a party at our house and we're going to send out invitations, typically what you would do is you would invite them to either your home or someplace else, right? So we're going to have a party at our house at this time, please come. And then what would happen is my wife and I, we would stay at the house and wait for your arrival, wouldn't we? That makes sense, right? It would be very rude to basically say, hey, we're having a party at our house, and then we're gone. You show up and nobody's there. But our God is so good and desires and loves you so much that you know what God does? He says, I want you to come. And and oh, by the way, uh, not only am I inviting you to come, I'm coming to you. (laughs) Like, I, I I don't want there to be any question. I love it. We see it in Revelation. Here I am. I stand at your door and I knock. Not only have you been invited, God doesn't just sit back, sit back in his easy chair and say, okay, come on, show up. And you know what? He could. He's God. Here I am. You know, it's interesting. For the last month or so, We've been celebrating 
the fact that Jesus says, here I am. When Jesus left heaven to be born in the dirt for you and for me, he says, I'm going to invite you into a relationship with me, and I'm not just doing it from heaven. I'll come to where you are. I don't want there to be any question in your mind. I want you to know for sure that I've invited you to come. And it's so easy to think things like, you know, he doesn't really want me. You know, I talked about being invited to Rob's party. And listen, I get it. Hear me here. Hear me here. Hear you know. I'm not saying this is bad or wrong, but just listen to me. You know what happened in my son's life for like the last five years? Whenever there was a party at someone in his school, everybody got invited. Nobody got left out. And that, nothing wrong with that. Hear me, nothing wrong with that. But you know what that kind of does in our hearts? It puts some doubt in. Do they really want me there? Are they just inviting me because, well, they don't want me to feel bad? And I think that can somehow seep into our psyche today, spiritually speaking. We can see words like everyone and, and all. And if anyone opens the door, hears my voice, and, and we kind of tend to allow the enemy to bring lies into our heart that says, you know what? Jesus isn't really just inviting you. Like, like, like Jesus just doesn't want you to feel bad. You're not really invited. You, you kind of got pity invited. You know what I mean? I remember as a child, my children's pastor making this comment to me when I was in fifth grade. Yes, I remember when it was. Where he would say, you know what, Aaron? If you were the only person that ever lived and you sinned, Jesus still would have come and died for you. And you know what? That sounds kind of bumper sticker-ish. I get it. If it wasn't so long, it probably would end up on a Christian t-shirt. But I'm here to tell you that doesn't make it any less true. And just because God has invited all does not cheapen your invitation. In fact, it helps us understand a little bit deeper the great love, great mercy that our God has. You see, when God says he wishes that none should perish and all would come to repentance, he means it. And so all of us are invited. But it doesn't cheapen your invitation. Because when he wrote the invitations out, he didn't send it to everybody alone. He put your name on it because he knows where you are. You are wanted. You are seen. You are loved. And you have been invited to come. And so now the question really shifts to you. The excuses that sometimes we have just don't hold water. The question becomes, will you come? You say, Aaron, I, I, 
I, I, I, I'm not worthy to come. God knows it. God invited you anyway. But Aaron, remember my dirty Dixie cup? Doesn't care. He knows it. He invited you anyway. But, 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 but all the things I've done, all the things I'm going to do, yes, he knows all of that, and he has invited you anyway. Whatever excuse you have, he still invited you to come. Whatever thirst you are dealing with, he's invited you to the waters again to get another drink. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the 10,000th time. But his water is still available. Come. Come. Just come. Can we bow our eyes or bow our heads, close our eyes for just a minute, just so we can focus? I asked you earlier, what are you thirsty for? What are you thirsty for? Maybe you say, Aaron, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, for this 21 days, you know, I'm, I'm just thirsty for more of Jesus. Man, that's a good thirst to have. You know? Maybe you're, you're, you're thirsty for peace. Maybe in these 21 days, God wants to bring you to a new level of joy and peace in Him that you've never experienced before. You see, it's important to pray and it's important to fast, but it's also important as we start these things to know what our thirst is. Because here's the deal. A lot of times, we'll have these moments in our hearts and our lives to reveal what our true thirst really is. And God, I believe, during this 21 days is inviting us to come so that He can reveal some thirsty parts of our hearts that he wants to bring some water to, okay? So don't, don't be afraid of your thirst. Don't be ashamed of your thirst. Allow the God who has invited you and come and take a drink of the water. During these 21 days, we're going to talk about lots of different things, but it starts with coming to the water. And the water, hear me, is Jesus. It's not how perfectly you think you can live. It's not your works. It's not what you give. It's Jesus. Come to the waters again. Come take a drink. Don't walk around as a dehydrated individual anymore. Let him satisfy those areas that are deep in your hearts that can be so dry. He's the one. It's him. It's him. So no matter where you're at, as I pray over you, will you just pray? as I believe the Holy Spirit has been kind of illuminating and showing some areas of dryness in our hearts, will you not miss this opportunity to just call out and go, okay, God, I'm thirsty. I, I admit it. I'm not going to ignore it anymore. I'm not going to try to, you know, fill it with different stuff. I'm just going to come to the waters. And I'm going to allow 
that invitation of relationship, that invitation of connection, that invitation of being in your presence be the water that overflows in my heart and in my life. Pray with me. Father, we love you. And God, there's so many people here and people online, and so it's impossible, God, to try to name every thirst that we have, but we do know that no matter what thirst we have, you are the answer. You are the answer. And so Jesus, as we begin this 21 days of, of saying no to one thing, to say stronger yes to something else, God, will you illuminate in our hearts some dry areas? Will we accept the invitation to come and not just come, but to allow you to do in our hearts what only you can do, which is be that water that we desperately need, whether it's for the very, very first time or it's the 10,000th time. You desire to pour that water in, to hydrate the dry places. And so, God, we open our hearts to you to allow that to happen. We allow that in our hearts and our lives. We accept your invitation to come. And we also accept what you desire to do in our hearts and in our lives. God, thank you so much that you've invited us to come. Thirsty people that desperately need you, Jesus, in every area of our lives. We need more and more of you, and you will always satisfy. So we're thankful for that. We love you, and we thank you. And God, as we do as today is the first day of this 21 days. Father, I pray that, God, as we enter into this time as a family, that, Father, you would sustain us, you would help us, you would minister to us, you would open our hearts to a deeper relationship with you, and that, Father, whatever needs to be done in individual hearts, God, we say yes to that. And we know that you have great, great things in store. So we thank you for them. We love you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. So remember, a couple things. Please sign up for the shower next week, okay? Don't forget that. And also remember prayer this Wednesday, 7 p.m., the men's breakfast, lots going on, okay? And you got this. I know it's hard. I know it's daunting. 21 days seems like a long time, but you've got this. God will help you, and I know you can do it, okay? Have a great week. We'll see you on Wednesday.